This episode of the Enhancement Talent is brought to you by Billy Gunn's Fountain of Youth. Because now that the other DX members look like the cast of Cocoon in comparison, he's going to keep the location of that son of a bitch a secret. We finally put the cap on 2022 by looking back on the matches that blew us away this past year. Join us as we count down the confrontations that made our jaws hit the floor. This is our list for the top 10 matches of the year for 2022. All right. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me tonight, as always, the other half of the amazing Lopez Cousins, <laughs> Dr. Right. Bob Lopez. How you doing tonight, Bob? Doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing, uh, I'm, as you can probably tell with my voice, I'm not feeling the best, but I'm soldiering on. At least I could talk. We were going to record this on Sunday night, and I didn't have a voice. So at least I have my voice back. So all is good. How about you? You have that uh you have that Lou Rawls raspiness. I kinda like it. <laughs> You'll never find Yes. What's going on with you, man? How's your how's your week been going? Um it's all right. Um yeah? work. Yeah. Well I took the kids Very out work. for the weekend. We went we went to uh Great Wolf Lodge. Um yeah, it's expensive there. Like those, yeah. and, then, and then they don't. T- they no longer take cash. I got all excited because for once I had cash on me. I never do carry cash, but this time I did. And the whole hotel is credit card only. And I was like, "You bastards!" <laughs> did you guys stay overnight, or did you just go up for the day? We we got there Saturday. We stayed at the overnight um, and came back Sunday. Um, yeah. It was my daughter's birthday last week, so. Um, to celebrate her birthday, we went out there for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, and I had, wore they... I wore I wore Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler t shirt to Great Wolf nice. Lodge, and I had at least five to six people compliment me within like an hour. Like, they would straight. point at me like, "Nice," and I'm like, "You damn right, it's nice." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Great Wolf Lodge they offer that that option right where you could just go into the pool for a few hours. That is that is correct. Yes, North Riverside in the house. Yes, <laughs> North Riverside's hero. Bob is Bob is uh, honoring Lex Luger as we're as we're talking here. He could be your hero. My brother, my brother got me a Lex Express Lex Luger T shirt for Christmas that says in Lex we trust. So I am wearing it right now, and um, good times. I I would send it to him on Twitter, but last time I talked to a wrestling on person on Twitter, they they banned me. So <laughs> I'm staying away for it for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, how about you? Over in beautiful Cary, Illinois, we have the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kalavik. Adam, how you doing? Doing good. How are you guys? Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. How's your week going? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I got through the torrential snowstorm we had today of an inch and a half. Yeah, I think it was. 
it was a little heavier down south. We got about three inches here in the city, but no, nothing big, nothing big. Uh, we only got uh, an inch and a half in the boondocks. Yeah. Well, you know, for the first big snow of the year, I guess, it's not anything to write home about, so that's always good. We'll see. In February, we always get knocked for, like, a pretty fucking major snowstorm, so hopefully that's a ways off. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's get right down to it, folks. Let's get into the news section of our show this week. And uh, unfortunately, we'll start off our news segment on a sad note. Um, as as everybody knows right now in the wrestling world, we lost uh, Jay Briscoe, one half of the uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers. Um. Yeah, uh, tragic in a tragic car accident uh, in his home state of Delaware. You know, from what I saw online, uh, apparently he was driving with uh, his two daughters in in the back. They were driving back from a cheerleading practice, and another car oncoming crossed over the center line and had just hit the car head on. Um, his two daughters were initially in critical condition but um from what i hear their surgeries have been successful and they look like they're going to pull through so that's that's good but unfortunately um we lose one of one of the best ones out there man jay briscoe like i said when on, on our facebook fan page he was he was the realist man we lost the real one and just tragically and suddenly um as you guys are going to find out the Briscoes do play a part in this this week's episode, um, and this and it was not planned. We've we've had the we've had the results of this week's episode in the bag for at least a few weeks, um, so it's just real. It's just really sad that uh, you know this happened. Uh, Bob, I know the Briscoes are one of your favorite favorite teams of all time. Uh, how do you feel about the passing of Jay? It, it definitely sucked. Um, something so sudden to someone that is he beloved in the wrestling community. Um, I mean, it was it was great to see after it happened. Everyone kind of come together in all these different companies. Um, you know, paying their respects to Jay Briscoe. It sucks that it happened um, and that it occurred, and that we have to talk about it. To be honest with you, but. Um, just was very, very shocking, the occurrence. Um, I had the chance to meet both Briscoes uh, a couple of years ago. I took my son to a Ring of Honor show, and they were both there. After the show, they both came out, and they were just intermingling with the kids. So um, my son got to take a picture with both of them. And then actually, October or November of last year, they came to a Warrior show here. Um, out in Chicago Heights, so I took my kids again, um, and there they were talking to all the fans. And I showed my, I showed Jay Briscoe actually the picture of my son with him, um, you know, nine years ago, and he was just like, "Oh, that's awesome! Look how big he is!" And talking to him about school and stuff like that. And it's just like, uh, just that that kind of communication with someone that you you know enjoy watching that. Uh, as a professional wrestler, like for them to do that, to go out of their way to acknowledge your family and stuff just shows the character that they are. So um, when everyone says that the dude was a family man, he, he damn well was. So, 
Yeah, that's all. That's one of the things you always hear about. Jay Briscoe is a huge family man, also, and also just one of the nicest dudes you're ever going to meet. So, yeah, it just compounds how sad this whole situation is. Uh, Adam, what was your reaction when you heard that Jay Briscoe passed away? You know, it always sucks to lose someone in the wrestling community, and unfortunately it happens more often than we than we care to talk about. But a loss like this is just a real gut punch uh, from the sense of, you know, when, when somebody older or someone you haven't seen for a while, you know, someone you grew up watching passes, you know, you're not, you're sad, but you're not quite shocked because unfortunately that's, that's just seems to be the way it goes. But when you got someone like a Brian Pillman or a Owen Hart or now Jay Briscoe, who's an active competitor that you, that you're used to seeing on a routine basis, uh, it really is just a, a terrible shock and uh, it's, it's just hard to fathom. And uh, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, they figure in the countdown. They certainly did for uh, for me this week. Um, that was huge topic. Uh, we just finished 2022, and uh, they figure very heavily in some of the most memorable matches of that year, and they're fresh yeah. in everybody's minds. And uh, it just uh, have the rug pulled out under under the under you like that as a fan. It's just really shocking. But it. Uh, at the heart, at the root of it all, it's just the worst part is, you know, knowing what he leaves behind, uh, leaving children and, and a wife behind uh, who, who were not at all prepared for this either. Uh, so thankful that uh, sounds like his daughters are going to be okay. Um, but, you know, growing up without a father sucks, and uh, I really feel for them and, and, and the rest of his family. Um and obviously, as you've seen from the last couple of weeks, uh, he was he was very respected and loved by a lot of his fellow competitors who worked with him, or even those who didn't. Uh, when the news broke, uh, the NXT um, broadcast they they mentioned his passing and, and expressed their condolences, which was a very classy move on the WWE's part. So uh, yeah, just shocking and and, and very sad. Yeah. Well, you heard that story, right? How uh, they were thinking about bringing in the Briscoes into NXT. And, you know, uh, AJ Styles' theme music, that was supposed that was supposed to be for the Briscoes. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, is what it is. Never didn't come around. But, yeah, just sad, sad situation. And. You know, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, tonight, AEW had a uh, tribute match for Jay Briscoe. Uh, it was his brother Mark uh, going up against Jay Lethal. I didn't get a chance to see it because I was at work. Adam, I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, I, I know Bob did. Uh, but I heard it was a really, really fitting tribute. Um, it just sucks because, you know, when uh, last week... They didn't really mention anything of it because, uh, you know, they were going to have like a, a mention of it on AEW programming last week. But uh, Time Warner Discovery was still, you know, in blacklist mode because of uh, old comments that Jay Briscoe had said, you know, over a decade ago that he had since apologized for. Um, but it looks like Tony Khan put his foot down this week and said that we're going to have this match to honor Jay and they, they gave in and 
yeah, they were able to they were able to do the tribute, which is good news. Uh, Bob, you you saw it the, you saw it tonight. Um, what, what's your take on that tribute to Jay, Jay Briscoe that they had? It was, it was very well fitting. I mean, they played a um, like a tribute video um, showing you know his highlights, showing him involved with his family and his kids, his wife. Um, you know, so they played a tribute video of when he was starting off in Ring of Honor, how young he was, and um, very nice montage that they did. You know, uh, Kevin Owens comes out in it, and um, just people that he would wrestle when he was in Ring of Honor as he continued to go to grow through his career. And then, um, you know, they introduced Jay Lethal, and you could tell that he's, uh, you know, very emotional when he's walking out to the ring. Mark Briscoe comes out and the crowd goes nuts for him, you know, very much deserved. And uh, the good match, you know, is typical, typical uh, Briscoe style match that you would see. But then afterwards, um, you know, the uh, the hug in the ring. And then it was really cool because they, um, they brought uh, everyone from the back out onto the stage and they placed a huge, um, they put Jay Briscoe up on the uh, video screen. And all the wrestlers there cheering him on and stuff, which was a very, very classy way to to end the show. So um, I thought just for something that they put together like this for a tribute, it uh, it was it was really, really good. Nice. Well, it's good that they honored him, you know, because it is, like I said, Ring of Honor. They were, you know, the Briscoes were the Ring of Honor tag team champs. They're part of the AEW. They still are. Uh, yeah. yeah, they still are. I I heard that uh, Mark came down with both belts tonight, which is you a did. nice you show came out too. With both of them. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But you know, unfortunately, hopefully they can, you know, turn this into some kind of positive with uh, with Mark and and continue to honor Jay's memory. So, yeah, big ups to to uh, to Jay Briscoe. May he rest in peace. Um. What's all, what else is on the news portion today? Uh, on the WWE side of things, Raw had its 30th anniversary episode on Monday. Um, Bob, you saw this as well. Uh, what was your main takeaway as far as the 30th anniversary episode of Raw? They did uh, a lot of cool things. Again, a, a really nice montage from um, they, they had a, like this whole show of all these old school tapes and it would say, you know, raw number one, and you bring you back to Madison Square Garden. You know, um, they're they're showing you like the very first ever Monday Night Raw, and then it's showing progression. You know, big highlights from memorable moments during Monday Night Raw: uh, Flair and uh, Kurt Henning, or um, X Pac or the Slash One Two Three Kid beating Razor Ramon. Uh, you know, Austin and Tyson, and Austin and Tyson, and the. Um, Jericho's debut when he first came out, you know, The Rock doing a sing-along. So they played a lot of special stuff like that. When it came down to the legends, they did a typical, you know, Ron Simmons come out and say damn, and everyone playing poker in the back with them, DiBiase coming out, and IRS, and DDP, and stuff like that. And then um, Taker came out, which I thought was funny because I immediately thought of you, Tony. Um, Taker's music came out, the gong hits, it's all dark, and after like five seconds, you just see your Kid Rock's voice on the live mic, and I was like, that's Tony's boy right there, and you just hear the motorcycle rev up, and here comes the American badass Undertaker, and it was just, uh, 
that was kind of cool to see. I was like, oh, wow. I <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but it was just, hey, you know, how many times have you come back as an anniversary show and you're always The Undertaker? So to throw out a random gimmick from the past was, was kind of cool. Um, he kind of had a... Uh, there's this thing now where, where they kind of make a fun of it. He pulls Bray Wyatt to the side because Wyatt came out there in that segment and Undertaker <laughs> whispers in his ear and walks away. So, like, I've seen people put, like, their own memes of it where they're like, what's Undertaker whispering? And people are saying, you know, Undertaker's telling him to listen to the Enhancement Talent podcast. Or, exactly. You know, um, <laughs> um, yeah, there was just a whole a bunch of fun ones that people were making up, but. You got your typical Hogan come out and hype up the crowd and Ric Flair come out and hype out his daughter. And um, the return of Brock Lesnar for the 17th time was also uh, during the episode. He came out and uh, defeat, uh, beat up uh, Bobby Lashley. So your boy is back again. Still looking the same. Uh-huh. That was uh, <laughs> Monday night. I mean, it was pretty good. It was fun to watch. They had some fun segments. DX was kind of funny with Kurt Angle. And um, stuff like that, but yeah, again, we were talking before we, reunion stuff. Yeah, we were talking before we got uh, on the show here how depressingly old DX looks now. Uh, <laughs> it's just like you know your four great uncles just in the ring <laughs> with each other. Oh god, it, it's it's bad. It's I, I saw, like I said, I didn't see the actual show, but I saw still photos and i'm just like jesus christ these guys look <laughs> horrible and you know I, and i saw the segment with undertaker that was i guess american badass be damned it was kind of cool to see him come out there mm-hmm. um yeah lesnar's out there again which means he's probably gonna win the royal rumble um yeah it's i don't know you, you get your you get your you get your hopes set up when these anniversary episodes come on, but ultimately they usually uh, disappoint a bit because those legends, they only show up for one night and then it's, it's on to the next thing. So yeah. <coughs> um, Adam, you didn't, did you watch it or, or no, you didn't get a chance to see it? No. Um, I, I, I saw some of the highlights again. Um, you, you can't go wrong uh, with Kurt Angle. Uh, doing comedy, you, you, you just can't. So uh, I'll, I'll give them their props for that. Uh, having him wanting to be an honorary member of DX, uh, so you know he can claim he was part of another faction. Uh, uh, you know, it sounded like it had plenty of feel good moments. Tony, I love your enthusiasm uh, when Bob was uh, recapping the American Badass segment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I hate you. that. I, I hate that gimmick. Uh, I, I do like the I, one of the memes uh, that Bob alluded to um, uh, was uh, one I read was uh, Vince is drying up your release right now. Uh, <laughs> Taker whispered to to Bray yeah. Wyatt, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, you know, again, for what it was, it sounds like um, you know. If you're a huge WWE fan, um, there was probably something for everyone. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to piss on the parade too much, but a lot of it's kind of repetitive. Uh, it, you know, it seems like they just had DX come out for something. I, I don't remember what the occasion was. Um, you know, they, whenever one of these shows comes well, around. Well, Kurt Angle oh, was out there with them, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Yeah. Then some like this, you know, it seems like they, they drag Hogan out of mothballs for this and, and stuff like that. I mean, it always pulls a, a huge rating, but, uh, you know, like you said, it's, it's one and done. You know, they got the Royal Rumble coming up on Sunday, and I know uh, the bloodline angle uh, went over very well. A lot of people were happy with that, but but past that, I don't know how how hyped people were for the Rumble. Uh, aside from seeing all their old favorites, so mm. I don't know. I mean, if I, if, you know, this is this is just my opinion. If I were to do something like that, maybe I'd split the show, do half nostalgia, then do half hype the pay per view. Just uh, you know, but that's yeah. that's just my opinion. Oh well, it was what it was, but <clears throat> ultimately, it, like you have mentioned, Adam, it leads into Royal Rumble, which is coming on the Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's our we we just had a, a show about it. Uh, you know, the stipulation uh, or best gimmick shows. A uh, Royal Rumble is our favorite. It was a un- universal, so. Um, yeah, I mean, but we were talking about it online. Uh, I believe it was our, our pal Perry who who brought it up as well, saying that it just, you know, Royal Rumble, you know, you're supposed to get excited for the Royal Rumble, but just not feeling it this year. Like, the buildup's been kind of weak. You know, it feels that way, at least to me. It's like it, they haven't really done anything, to, you know, aside from the bloodline and, you know, spoiling it. Like you said, Bob, spoiling some people who are going to be coming back for the Rumble, you know, things that should be surprises and actually, you know, pique some interest. You're already spoiling it. It just doesn't seem, you know, I'm, I'm just not as excited about this year's Rumble. And hopefully, I, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully that both Rumbles, the men and the women's, are actually really good. But, you know, that being said, uh, what are your guys' predictions? What do you see going on? This Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Let's start with you, Bob. I'm going to keep my expectations low just so that way if it's really good, I can be really excited and be like, yay, you know. Um, I've always loved the Royal Rumble, been a huge fan. Um, So it's something that, uh, you know, my kids like to watch with me as well. So we get excited about that. Uh, I remember when my son was little, he would not want to eat when he was sick. So the only way I could get him to eat and drink is I, I'm like, how about every time a wrestler comes out during the Royal Rumble, you eat and drink? And he agreed to it. So I would trick him into taking his medication and eating and stuff like that when he was sick with the Royal Rumble. So it's a it's a scare tactic, I think. But um, <laughs> nice. I I I guess like you said, the, the less you know, the more anticipated you are for the Royal Rumble. Um, last year I was disappointed because. Um, I think I was talking to Perry or Jimmy about this. Um, the last time, Mickey James is a huge, ginormous surprise. That's the Impact World's Women's Champion. And you say, hey, next week in the Rumble, Mickey James will be there. And it's like, no, that's not something you ruin. That's, that's mm-hmm. something that people will talk about for a very long time and be super surprised at the concept that another wrestler who was champion from another company came into yours, especially when you're in the WWE. But no, they, they ruined it. Um, this year, again, Cody Rhodes. Hey, Cody's going to be back. Okay. I mean, everyone knew that that was what was supposed to happen, but just the concept of not really knowing it in that 50-50 shot. 
Um, I keep yeah. telling you I want Big E to come back. would be great. So I'm still going to watch it. And like I said, hopefully uh, just be surprised if uh, it comes out to be really good. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I get where they may be coming from. It's like, oh, well, if if we announce it, then people will watch. People are going to watch anyway. It's the Royal Rumble. They they watch it expecting surprises. So if you do Mm. surprise them, that's just going to create that much more buzz. Instead of just saying, well, this person is going to be there, so watch it. It's just a backwards-ass way of thinking, in in my opinion. So, yeah. But that being said, like you said, it's probably gonna be Brock Lesnar again. He debuted. He came back right before the goddamn Rumble, and that's always that's always what happens. It's gonna be him so and Brock again at WrestleMania. WrestleMania for, for the 15th for, yes. Time. Well, Vince is back in charge, so there you go. Oh fuck! How about you, Adam? What are your thoughts on the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I was uh, I was actually talking to a friend today. Uh, I talked to him in a long time, and uh, he brought it up to me. And uh, he, he said he's excited about it this year because he really doesn't have a clear picture of who, who's gonna who's gonna walk out the winner. And for that, that's exciting for him. Uh, as you guys both said, it, it's always fun to watch, regardless, because it's just such a well done show. Uh, we we paid good homage to it a few uh, episodes ago. There's there's always an element of surprise and and um, some of the best uh, memories can come from that when someone unexpected comes out or or just somebody just dominates and kicks ass. You know, Kane comes to mind. Uh, was one of those guys who just kept throwing guy after guy out uh, a couple times. So it, uh, as I mentioned on Facebook, I've got Peacock now, so I'll probably check it out over the weekend. I don't know if I'm to watch it live. But, uh, you know, last year Shane McMahon was the big deal or was supposed to be that – was like a, <laughs> you know, that was like a, a fart in the bathtub, basically for me. It was a ripple in the pond. It's like, nah. So I, I hope they get something better up their sleeve as far as that goes. You know, the the talk. You know, the problem with wrestling and rumors are like anybody can say anything. So I'm not buying much into it. I know there was a lot of talk. All oh, the Rock's going to be in it, and he's going to face Roman at WrestleMania, and you know now. People are saying, oh, no, no, The Rock isn't in shape, so that's not going to happen. So, you know, it's still it's still up in the air that I could see that as a possibility. I could also see, you know, we talked about Cody. Um, that would be a big WrestleMania. He could get his potential WrestleMania moment finally. And then, you know, another one I think you could think of as, as a favorite is Sami Zayn due to uh, what that they're would- doing with the – bloodline storyline as far as this into yeah. a, a title as far, shot and i think that'd be interesting or or even the cody story i i i you know if it is brock lesnar i i know we're half kidding half serious it is brock lesnar uh count me out for wrestlemania because for god's sake how many times are we going to see that yeah i mean as far as storylines go it would be best i think to put sammy as the as the winner because you know it, it would just you, you're call, talk about you know long long term storytelling to have Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania and Sammy actually beat him for for the belt that, that would, would awesome. that that would be fucking great but do they have the balls to do that I don't know I really don't know so yeah. And as much as everybody likes The Rock and what a fun moment I mean. It, 
I just think you got to stop dipping into that well of part-time people. You just, you know, what does it say the rest of your roster that either A, this guy who's a movie star, uh, oh, let's just bring him back. You know, I can hear CM Punk in my head right now complaining about it, uh, amongst other things. Or, or Brock Lesnar, who isn't a full-timer either. You know, he, he gets an automatic title shot. He gets to wrestle five times a year. What does it say the rest of your roster who's busting their ass uh, the rest of the year? Uh, so I think something needs to happen that'll look to the future. That's that's just my take. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll look forward to Brock versus Roman 26 at WrestleMania. But, uh, yeah. First time ever. Yep. All right, let's move on to the task at hand, people. Let's give you our our list for this week. Our list this week, we did Wrestlers of the Year last week, and we top off our kind of year-in-review shows this week with our Match of the Year episode. Yes. Uh, 2022 had no shortage of really great matches along all the full spectrum of professional wrestling. Um, but these are the matches that us on the show here whittled down to our 10 best. Uh, Bob, when it comes to your matches of the year, your picks, uh, what kind of criteria were you looking for? Um, something that kept me entertained from beginning to the end. Uh, something I wanted to see, kind of like we were talking about the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline. You're following that. You've got so much interest in seeing what's going to happen next. So a lot of these matches were stuff that I really wanted to see and just the payoff that you got from it. Um, the feeling of excitement when the match is over and you say, holy shit, and you're texting somebody about it to say, you have to watch this match. It was just amazing. Uh, you could easily watch those over a few times in a row and not get bored of it because you're spotting something else differently that you missed the first time or just being in attendance during some of these matches and, you know, having that feeling where you're on the edge of your seat. Um, that's what I was looking for. Just matches that excited, that excited me and just kept me in remembrance of them months and months and months later that I'm like, damn, that was a good match. Okay. That was really good match, but it did not top this match. You know, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Same question. And my criteria for this was was pretty basic. Just uh, just <laughs> to sound like a member in the crowd, just holy shit moments. Uh, you know, uh, matches that had a lot of holy shit moments, and just yeah, that just basically didn't let up. Uh, kept you engaged the whole time. Um, it, um, just stick out in your brain. Um, uh, you know, and I, I guess uh, another criteria I would use is. Uh, future shows that we do, um, you know, we bring up a lot of our favorite matches in a lot of these episodes. So uh, some of these will be ones that we'll be talking about for years to come on the show. So um, just leaving that long lasting impression, um, maybe seeing something a little new we haven't seen before. I can think of my number one pick, just uh, one bump in particular where he's like, holy shit, I can't believe they did that. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, big moments and, and just, uh, you know, if anyone asks me, you know, Oh, uh, you know, what should I check out? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back into wrestling. Uh, would you recommend from recent matches? You know, these would be the ones I would say. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's get into the list. Uh, as we do every week, Adam, 
Bob and myself, we all come up with our own list and we bring them together to form our master list uh, based on where each of us have a particular match on our list or assign a point value. And that point value determines their their place on the master list. We're going to go from 10 to 1, as we do every week. And before we get to our number one, we will give you our honorable mentions. These honorable mentions are matches that got enough points to, or didn't get enough points to make the top 10, but they did get enough points to at least garner a mention. All right, let's start off with our number 10 pick for match of the year. This pick comes in with seven points, and it got the seven points from being number four on Bob's list. It is the match between Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom 2022. Bob, you had this on your list number four. Take it away. Tell us about the match between Osprey and Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. So Wrestle Kingdom is right at the beginning of the year. So it's usually like the first couple of days of January, right after the new year. And um, this was Wrestle Kingdom 16, night two, because they split into two nights. But this was around January 5th of um, this past year. And it was for the um, IWGP World Heavyweight title. It was uh, Okada's belt. And when you have two of the best that um, New Japan has to offer, and, you know, they're main eventing your your biggest show of the year, it's, it's done for a reason. And just these two guys together in the match... The way that the story told for this one, I mean, uh, Arn Anderson used to say that the best part about wrestling is the story you tell in the ring. Um, they started off slow. I mean, you got two fast-paced, high, energetic, talented guys, and they start off slow, and they're, you know, they're doing continuous wrestling moves on each other, going from rest hold to rest hold. And then when you get to the final 15 minutes, it just goes slowly, 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 hits that top of the roller coaster and just starts going crazy. Uh, the last 15 minutes, you just have this fantastic sequence of everyone trying to go for their signature move, and it's just a counter after a counter after a counter after a counter. And it's just, like I said, that's 15 minutes of just non-stop action. And, I mean, you're already used to that with the Will Ospreay match, but you put Okada in there with them, and it's just definitely a match you, you need to see and enjoy. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll pay great money to go see those guys any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, you know, spoiler alert. I mean, they had some more matches against each other throughout the year, and one might actually be on this list later on. But, yeah, this match from Wrestle Kingdom, you know, like you said, we get you get two two of the greatest wrestlers in the world in uh in the in the ring with each other you're gonna you're gonna get great shit um and these guys never disappoint when they get in the ring with each other like i said to the point where another uh match between the two uh spoiler alert is going to uh end up on our list um adam you didn't have this on your list but i have anything to add for this match between okada and uh osprey from wrestle kingdom i do uh i actually well, everybody makes New Year's resolutions, right? Yes. One of mine yes. as a wrestling fan is to check out more New Japan. So um, I'm starting to uh, tape uh, the show on Axis so I can... Uh, I know they're showing this uh, matches from this year's Wrestle Kingdom um, weekly now. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's my goal, just to... Uh, to, to see these guys work a lot more. Um, 
because uh, it seems like every time uh, guys like Osprey and Okada get in the ring, they just put on uh, great match after great match. So um, it's obviously no exception. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, that that's a year's resolution. I actually intend to keep. Uh, it's an important one. Yeah. Because, well, there we uh, go. Because yeah, they are uh, both of them are just amongst the best uh, the best out there. Uh, and I thought I want to see some of these matches and uh, be in the know like you guys. Well, I'm sure you will be. By you'll be an expert by the time next year comes along and we're talking about some more New Japan matches in our match of the year. But as of now, at number 10, we have Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom coming in with seven points. All right, let's get to number nine on our list. Number nine comes in also with seven points, but it got the tiebreaker because it is on two of our lists. It, it got the points from being number nine on Bob's list, and it was number six on Adam's list. It is the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF from AEW Revolution coming in at number nine with seven points. Adam, you had it at number six on your list, so let's start with you. Tell us about the dog collar match between MJF and CM Punk. Oh, Phil, we could have just had something so beautiful. We really could have. Um, one of the, the best feuds uh, in AEW uh, for me uh, was uh, MJF and CM Punk. I mean, on paper, obviously, it always sounded like a natural fit uh, due to both of their abilities on the mic. Um, you just do great promos and, and great segments were going to be had between the two. Um, of course, you know, the, the big knock on MJF has always been, um, you know, he hardly wrestles, he hardly wrestles. And then the knock on punk, a lot of people wanted to, uh, to use, uh, well, other than getting injured a lot was, you know, well, he doesn't have it anymore. He hasn't been in the ring for seven years, but, uh, the, the doubters and the haters got uh, put to rest uh, in this particular match. I mean, they had they had uh, they had another match uh, where actually uh, CM Punk suffered his first loss in AEW to uh, MJF, but this one had the the added uh, attraction of uh, dog collar match. Um, you know, um, you start with the uh, with the intro, of course. Uh, CM Punk went old school for that. Uh, came out to his old Ring of Honor theme music and gear. Um, uh, so, so that got the crowd excited. Uh, you had th- thumbtacks. Uh, you had blood. You know, you just had all the elements that, that make a great uh, brutal match. And it was just a great way to cap off a, a long-running feud. And it pointed Punk towards the, the title runs that he would have later in the year, uh, as unsuccessful as they were. But uh, things are looking really good for the company. Um, you know, MJF kept up. Uh, Punk put on a great match. And again, it just put all the doubters about their ability and their chemistry in the ring together. It, it shut the critics up. Um, you know, they built it really well going into it, and, and the payoff was, was just as good. Uh, you know, in the dog collar match, it's not something you see very much in today's wrestling. Uh, when we did our stipulation show, we mentioned it. Um, uh, I never thought I'd be talking about dog collar matches uh, multiple times, but uh, they were an important part of matches in, in 2022. Uh, 20, uh, this one was, was one of my favorites. Yeah. 
How about you, Bob? You had a number nine on your list. What do you have to say about this match? I liked, again, like Adam mentioned, the uh, the storytelling because they had, you know, been teasing Punk and, and uh, MJF for some, quite some time now and the going back and forth and the great promos I would throw each, with each other. But uh, that was also when, you know, you're starting to get the face turn of Wardlow when, uh, you know, he would get the abuse of Wardlow going on. And, you know, he had a big part to do on that match as well at the, at the end. And um, just the homage that they did for Valentine and Piper with that match together, it was uh, it was great to see. So it's definitely a memorable match. Yeah, I just missed my list. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of both guys. Um, and this one was definitely as brutal as a dog collar match can get. You know, AEW um, seems to be in love with its dog collar matches. You know, like I said, there's a match we'll talk about later and then you can't forget the uh die color match between Cody and uh and and uh and um Brody Lee Brody Lee uh from the year before you know if done well these are awesome matches and this one was done well like i said it just it was just out, out, off of my list but i definitely concur its place here at number 9 with 7 points it is the match the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF from AEW Revolution. All right, let's get to number eight on our list. Number eight comes in with uh, eight points, and it comes. It got its eight points from being number three on Adam's list. It is the match between the Elite and Death Triangle from AEW Full Gear. This was the match uh, that was... Going, you know, this is uh, the elite's first match back from suspension to uh, kind of, you know, see what was going to be going on with the uh, the trios championship. This was all, ultimately became the first of the best of seven matches that they just concluded with. But yeah, this is that match from Full Gear. Adam, you had this at number three on your list. What do you have to say about it? I, I got to stand up for my boys here, you know, because there's a lot of other podcasts out there, Jim Cornette. <laughs> <clears throat> who are constantly shitting on Kenny Omega and constantly shitting on the Young Bucks uh, and, and saying all this stuff. So I, I got to give them some love here. Uh, I, I missed the hell out of them uh, when the whole uh, fracas took place uh, down the road for me in Hoffman Estates in September. Everyone got taken off TV. It just was, you know, uh, they were missed. Uh you know, and they did they did a great job of teasing them coming back, you know, having them erased and all that kind of stuff. So the anticipation was there. Um, for me, one reason it ranked so high was just the you know this you know, we were just talking about obviously you, you were pretty sure they were coming back, so it wasn't like, Oh my god, they dropped them in the pay per view out of nowhere. But uh just to see the reaction that they got, uh, you know, and Everyone who knows me knows I'm a classic rock geek, and uh, when that Kansas song hit, uh, I just lost my shit and yeah. uh, carry on my wayward son. And I mean, I could watch those three and and and, and Pack and and the Lucha Brothers. I could watch these guys wrestle all day long. And anyone who's been shitting on the best of seven can take a long walk off a short pier too. These guys, you just fucking work and just excite and entertain audiences. Like few, few uh, competitors can. 
Um, so, you know, you want to call it backyard gymnastics. I, I love that shit. So, um, <laughs> uh, the match too, uh, the, the ending was surprising to me. I, I fully expected the elite to win, which again, helps kill the narrative that they never put anybody over, but Lucha Brothers did win the match with the aid of a hammer. And as you mentioned, it kind of got the, uh, the great best of seven series started. Um, you know, so just, just out of my pure respect and enjoyment of what these guys do and the big moment that it created at the full gear show, uh, that's how I had it so high on my list. All right. Well, Bob, you didn't have this on your list. What do you have to say about it? Adam woke up from his nap and chose violence. Like he, he's he's bringing the heat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the vulgarity. Right. I felt like uh, Jim Cornette better watch his ass, man. Um, well, it is Raw's thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a really good match. I, I always get excited with the talent that was involved in it, and I mean, those are six of the best wrestlers out there right now. Um, we've seen many matches with them in the past where. You know, they work really, really well together, especially the the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. And then we've seen Omega and Pac and just those all together. There's, you know, magic in the ring. Um, it, it was a fantastic, uh, you know, best of seven. To be honest, uh only reason I didn't put it on there was number six was my favorite um, out of all of them. And um, that happened, I think, like two days before the year ended, and I had already submitted my list like two weeks before that, so I couldn't add that one on there. But, um, yeah, it was like you said, it was a great start to the best of seven. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. At number eight with eight points, it is the Elite versus the Death Triangle from AEW Full Gear. Don't you cry no more. All right, let's get to number seven on our list. Number seven comes in also with eight points, and it got it. But this is a tiebreaker because it was on two of our lists. It got the eight points from being number eight on Adam's list, and it was number six on my list. It is the match between Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay from AEW Forbidden Door coming in. At number seven with eight points. Yeah, this match, you know, I wasn't, you know, going into Forbidden Door, which, by the way, is my pick of pay-per-view for the year. Not just because I was there. It was fucking great. Uh, But this match, yes, because you were there, too, you and Dan. But, um, you know, going into this match, I didn't know what to expect. You know, Will Ospreay, you know, you're going to get, you know, a hell of a match out of Will Ospreay. And I love Orange Cassidy, but I didn't know how those two styles were going to work together. But these guys put on, you know, while my, not my personal favorite of, of, of the night, it was a lot of people's favorite of the night, and I don't, I don't blame them for thinking that. It was just, you know, both guys just went at it. They, they pulled out all the stops. Um it was just, you know, the the crowd was hot all the way through. It was just a great match. And especially since it was just like a, a middle-of-the-card match that, you know, people weren't really expecting to be what it was. For it to get that amount of attention and get match-of-the-year votes, I think, just speaks volumes for it. So, yeah, that's why I had it on my list. Uh, at uh, Let's see, Adam, you had it at 
number six on or number eight on your list. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you have to say about uh, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay? The only thing I'm going to disagree with is uh, I was excited for this match from the get-go. Again, um, you know, some people just have it. Will Ospreay has it in spades. Uh, so he's going to get a good match out of anybody. But, but uh, again, uh, I still have a little bit of violence left for my nap before the show. Uh, you know, a lot of people shit on Orange Cassidy, too, because all oh, the gimmick is you know, lame and it's cartoony and whatever. The guy can back it up in the ring. Um, I really enjoyed his run, um, as the, uh, the, is it the Atlantic? I forgot how they, what that third title is called. The, the belt he holds. North, know, he, Ath- he, North Atlantic. But thank you. The North Atlantic title. He always puts on fun matches and, and, and good matches, uh, defending that he's a fighting champion, but, uh, you know, the guy could work and to keep up with a guy like Will Ospreay. And, uh, you know, I, I was very interested and intrigued to see how it would, turn out and I watched it back uh, a couple weeks ago and, and I was it was what it was what I expected um, so again a lot of people uh, pardon the pun sleep on Orange Cassidy but he's a hell of a competitor so um, you know that, that was one of those PWI type matches to me and that's kind of what the Forbidden Door pay-per-view is, as a general rule was it was just like somebody putting together like dream matches and you actually got to see him come to fruition yeah well bob you didn't have this particular match on your list uh but you were there you saw it what do you have to say about orange cassie versus osprey at forbidden door um i was not as excited like you um because i recall that this was during the time that AEW had uh 107 people on the injured reserve list and um the original match was supposed to be Will Ospreay versus uh, Andrade. And I'm a big yeah. Andrade fan. I still remember Andrade and Gargano going on it in uh, NXT. And I thought, man, those two together would have been amazing. Um, but, yeah, Orange Cassidy stepped up his game like he usually does and made it a very fun and entertaining match. Uh, huge Osprey fan. But when you have someone, again, that works really well in the ring with him, um, it was just great in the storytelling by Osprey. I'll always remember the thing where he, he does, he puts his hand up and he puts his hand in his pocket and then he reaches out and he gives the crowd the finger. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> and I mean, me and you were, were there and you know, the crowd was really into it and that was another pay-per-view that, you know, from, from the get go was just the crowd was on the edge of their seats for a lot of those matches. And this one was definitely one of them. So yeah, good pick. Yeah. So there we go at number seven with eight points. It's Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay from AEW Forbidden Door. All right, let's get to number six on our list. Number six comes in with ten and a half points, and it got the ten and a half points for being an honorable mention on Bob's list. It was number seven on Adam's list, and it was number five on my list. It is the match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. From WrestleMania coming in at number six with ten and a half points. Yeah, this was uh this was my pick for best match of the year from the women's division uh across wrestling pretty much. I mean this was a a banger match. Um remember back uh, at SummerSlam uh you know the year prior in twenty twenty one, Becky Lynch made her, her uh her comeback. She came back from um you know having the baby 
and she that's where she um she uh beat Bianca Belair for the title just like that you know in, in a basically in a squash and everybody was all up in arms like what the fuck how could you do that to Bianca Belair blah 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 and that started Becky Lynch on her her heel run which I think was pretty effective I wasn't a huge fan of it um but it was effective and you know I always said that, you know, the only way that they could do that right by by Bianca is to have this feud go all the way up to, through to WrestleMania and for them to have a banger match for the title. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, WWE kind of proved me wrong. And just based on the storytelling and the feud that those two had from SummerSlam all the way to WrestleMania, uh, they had a just great fucking match at WrestleMania that kind of made everything come full circle. Bianca beats Becky for the title. And not only that, um, it, it leads to Becky becoming the man character again, eventually, you know, she, that's kind of where it stopped, you know, her, her heel run kind of stopped after that. Um, and she, she goes back to being the Becky Lynch that everybody loves. So I think as a story, you know, as far as storytelling goes, it was great. Action in the match, great. Like I said, it was the best women's match I could think of that happened this year. Just all around, great A. That's why I had it. Um, that's why I had it at number five on my list. Adam, you had it at number seven on your list. What do you have to say about it? Yeah, I was I was highly impressed with this match. This was the highest uh, ranking women's uh, match I had on my list too. Um, yeah, I mean these those two just can go and again um it's just great to see where women's wrestling is uh today um you know and i know a lot of fans are fearful with uh with whatever happens with the wwe sale and vince coming back you know because and stephanie resigning because stephanie was huge behind the the women's movement and, and getting women's wrestling to be much more of a of a big part of uh, what the WWE does. So uh, this is just a textbook example of, of what greatness can be created in the ring between two talented women. Um, yeah, the action was just top-notch. There were tons and tons of near falls. Crowd, <clears throat> excuse me, was super into it. Um, you know, uh, I'm not, I wasn't as familiar with Bianca as, as I am with Becky Lynch, but yeah, she wrestled a hell of a match too, and it just told a great story, and it's as you mentioned, uh, you know, um, that's a great example of long-term storytelling. I do remember you guys being up in arms about when Becky came back and got the title right away and uh, in quick fashion, but uh, this was the ultimate payoff. It's, it's just one of those WrestleMania moments that you always talk about where it's like someone finally gets their time, big time in the spotlight. So that's why this match was so memorable for me. Yeah, and, and you know, you got to say it too, Bianca has had the belt ever since. She She's won it awesome. at WrestleMania, and she she still has it. Uh, Bob, this was an honorable mention on your list. What do you have to say about Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair at WrestleMania? I mean, those are two great females right there uh, that did not disappoint with their match. Like, they, from the very beginning, I mean, I love their entrances. Um, I remember Bianca came out with the marching band, and, um, you know, 
Becky Lynch just playing her her great heel character. I love the finish. You know, she goes for the manhandle slam, and uh, Bianca flips off like the middle ropes and brings her over into the uh, the KOD, and it's just like great match just from top to bottom. So um, glad I made the list. Yeah. So there we go. At number six, coming in with ten and a half points, it is the WrestleMania match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. All right, let's get to number five on our list. We are into the top five. And at number five, comes in with 12 and a half points. And it got the 12 and a half points for being an honorable mention on Adam's list. It was number seven on my list. And Bob, you had this at number three on your list. It is the match between Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins at WWE Hell in a Cell. Bob, you had this at number three, so we'll start with you. Tell us about Cody versus Seth at Hell in a Cell. This was uh, another one. Great storyline that they were telling between these two characters. Um, you know, Seth, Seth, ever since he turned heel again in this, you know, off-the-edge character that he's got, he's just great. He, he's just awesome at what he's doing. And, um, you know, Cody coming in and, you know, from a fresh off AEW and, you know, they wrestled at WrestleMania. But this time, um, you know, now you got him in the cell. And then just the – you heard rumors that Cody hurt himself. And when he takes off the ring uh, coat and you just see his, you know, pack just swollen up and torn, you're like, holy crap. And the fact that he muscled it through and went through the entire match with a torn pack – um, you know, Seth Rollins at one point has a kendo stick and he's whacking him and digging the pole deep inside of the of the, of the arm and yeah, that was um, nasty. Cody still doing Cody doing like the uh, his finisher, you know, the crossroads and you know the uh, the pedigree and just like them going back and forth and knowing like the extent of his injury, how he's going to be out for a long time because of the surgery that's upcoming and just, I mean, it, it just it was a fantastic match and just. uh you know, definitely one that stuck out, and that's that's another one. You know, just the memorable moments of, of that match. Seth coming out in the, the polka dots, too, during the first ring uh, gear. It's just uh, fantastic storytelling and just, you know, the fact of knowing that this dude has a legitimate injury and he just made it through that entire match was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love this match. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect of Cody with him going back to WWE um, at WrestleMania, but he, you know, proved me wrong. He had, a, he had a really good match at WrestleMania, but this match topped it all. I mean, this the the torn pack and the visuals of it is is the icing on the cake. But just the match itself, these two can go. And you know, if if Cody coming back now at the Rumble sets up another match between him and Seth. At WrestleMania, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be unhappy because these guys have chemistry and a half together in the ring, and like you said, just the just the way that Cody made you feel for him during that match with the you know the the bruise on his chest and like you said the, when Seth dug that kendo stick into the like right into his chest, if that doesn't make you wince, I don't know what the hell no, is wrong did. with you, you know seriously. <laughs> It was just just a hell of a match, um, yeah, yeah, definitely deserves its its spot on this list. 
Adam, you had as an honorable mention. What do you have to say about this match? Uh, I really, I, I, I love, first of all, the polka dot attire from Seth. The only thing that I would have uh, just set me over the top would have been if they used the American Dream theme music. That would have been tremendous. <laughs> With uh, Sapphire on vocals, right? Or whatever yeah. that was. Uh, but yeah, um, <clears throat> it, uh, it was very old school in the sense, obviously Cody Rhodes is the lineage and, you know, it just recalled a lot of, there's a lot of dusty moments sprinkled in there. Just, just the, the whole, you know, guys beat to a pulp already going in and, you know, he's got the people behind him and he's scratching and clawing and doing everything he can to win the match. He, said that every man's approach to it, it just recalled a lot of uh, Dusty to me. Uh, two guys, you know, again, Hell in the Cell match is among the best. Uh, you know, we talked about how much we love the Royal Rumble earlier, but Hell in the Cell matches, if you get the right guys or girls in there, uh, those are amongst the best matches of the year a lot of the time, just given the, uh, just given those, the, they're they're more uh, great home the cells uh, as opposed to the boss man and Undertaker at WrestleMania that was a horrible home the cell match. But uh, this one had everything in it had all the weapons and and uh, gritty moments and and near falls and yeah they they do work very well together. And I I was in the same boat as you. I didn't know. I I just figured uh, Cody be wearing the uh, Stardust makeup uh, by the time this match took place. And uh, thankfully. Uh, Thankfully, WWE's uh, been doing right by him so far. Um, um, yeah, uh, crowd was really into the match too. Um, just you know, WWE's product is obviously more geared towards kids, but this one certainly wasn't, and it was it was fun to see a match like that on a big stage. All right, well there we go. At number five, coming in with twelve and a half points. It is Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at WWE Hell in a Cell. All right. Number four on our list comes in with 13 points, and it got the 13 points from being number six on Bob's list, and it was number three on my list. It is the Anarchy in the Arena match from AEW Double or Nothing coming in with 13 points. Yeah, man, this match was fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, AEW—they've done you know the whole anarchy in the arena thing. It's it, it's getting harder and harder to top. But goddamn, this match was—I I don't know how they're going to top this one. You know, this one was—it was the Jericho Appreciation Society versus um, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana and Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston, and. Like you said, you know, with these anarchy in the arena matches, every everybody went everywhere. Just madness interrupted. At one point, the fucking turnbuckle posts were taken off and they were beating the fuck out of each other with it. You know, just spot after spot. The highlight, the, the one everybody talks about, of course, uh, Danielson has Jericho in the label lock in the middle of the ring. And all of a sudden out comes Eddie Kingston bleeding like hell with a gasoline can in his hand comes into the ring and not only pours gasoline on Jericho, he pours it on Danielson as well. And he, he and Danielson gets up and then they, those two start going after each other. 
it, God damn, this is like the most crazy, insane, in a good way match I can describe from this year was this match, the Anarchy in the, in the Arena match. They outdid themselves with this one. I mean, I, I wasn't really crazy all that much about Double or Nothing itself as a whole. I thought the pay-per-view itself was kind of uneven. But this match took the cake, man. This was reason enough to put the money down for that pay-per-view. Um, Bob, you had it, uh, let's see, you had it at number uh, six on your list. What do you have to say about the Anarchy in the Arena match? We've gone to a couple shows together for AEW, and if you recall, um, Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, he's always talking to the crowd, <laughs> and he's kind of hyping up the matches right before the uh, the match starts, and Right before this match, there's a, there's a video. Someone recorded it where he's talking about this match, and he goes, well, the shit's about to hit the fan, and that's exactly <laughs> what it was that happened for that match. I mean, the one part you forgot out, remember, Moxley's music wouldn't turn off. It was the New Jack yeah. effect of, uh, yeah. of ECW. That, that song went on forever, and then finally Jericho you know, blows the cord on it. But um, it, it, was, it brought you back to ECW, man. Like I said, the music, the entrances, the battling in the crowd – the blood, the tables, the chairs, the ring being destroyed. It was just, uh, you know, classic ECW right there. So it was, that was good to see. Yeah. All right. Adam, it wasn't on your list, babe. Anything to add when it comes to the anarchy in the arena match? Yeah, that might have been an oversight on my part. Because, uh, yeah, that, it was just a fun match. I mean, it wasn't a technical classic like a lot of these matches we've been talking about. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I did think, I think I did read an interview with Jericho where he did say that the, uh, the music going was an homage to New Jack because I think he had passed not too, uh, not too long before that match took place. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I have a red gas can, uh, for my lawnmower and every time I pick it up, I, I feel like I'm Eddie Kingston. Uh, wow. <laughs> I became an Eddie Kingston. I became an Eddie Kingston mark in 2022. I got to say, he he's just been tremendous all year. But um, yeah, just just a hell of a lot of fun. Just you know, uh, Nick Foley would be proud. It was just one of those uh, all over the arena matches and all sorts of crazy stuff. And and I I like how the you know you had the, of course you had the JAS, but then you had the the other side. You know where Kingston can't fucking stand Danielson. Uh, so you yeah. had that, you had that uh, extra bit of drama, which you alluded to, that he dumped the gas on Danielson too. Um, yeah, it was it was just a real fun match to watch, and yeah, I agree with Bob. When I was watching it on pay per view, I told my brother, "It's like, yeah, this is totally CW stuff. This is great." So yeah, that's 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 a good pick by you guys. Well, there we go. At number four on our list with thirteen points. It is the Anarchy in the Arena match from AEW Double or Nothing. All right, let's get to number three. We are now in the top three. And at number three, coming in with 18 points. It got the 18 points from being number seven on Bob's list, and it was number four on both my list and Adam's list. It is the match between Gunther and Sheamus from WWE Clash at the Castle. Coming in at number three with 18 points. Um, if you would have asked me at any point before the year that Sheamus would be in one of my <laughs> matches of the year, I'd have told you you were on crack. But Sheamus, he proved me wrong, man. I mean, he needed he needed a good opponent in Gunther 
I, I, I hate, still hate calling him Gunther. But, um, yeah, he needed a good opponent in Gunther slash Walter to get um, onto the match of the year list, and that's exactly what happened. These guys had one of the most brutal, stiff matches of the year. I mean, if you're if you're if you're into seeing just two big giants beating and clubbing the shit out of each other, this is the match you wanted to watch from last year. I mean, both guys. I mean, Sheamus, for Christ's sakes, his chest looked like he had he had, you know had a fucking stagecoach driven over it by the time um, he was done. Walter, you know, what was that? Stagecoach. Was that Bob? <laughs> yeah, I said. Now I'm picturing. I'm picturing the stagecoach driving over. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, his chest was just done, and you know, Gunther doing his part too. I mean, he's been he's no stranger to these match of the year countdowns. His matches with Ilya Dragunov remind me of this match. Only you know, Sheamus is a much larger guy than Ilya Dragunov. And, yeah, these guys just went to town on each other. And it stole the show from that show, that Clash at the Castle. This was definitely uh, the match of that night to the point where the crowd, you know, gave Sheamus, even though he lost the match, gave Sheamus a standing ovation at the end of it. Now, it was just a really cool match to watch. If you're into that, if you're into stiff you know, giant guys just beating the shit out of each other kind of matches. This is the one for you. Um, Adam, it was number four on your list as well. What do you have to say about this match? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was I watched it uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, I just had thoughts of, like, people like Harley Race would have loved that match because it had the, this vibe of, like, 70s, early 80s, uh, you know, guys like that just beating the tar out of each other um, and, and loving every minute of it. Um, I, I personally am a big fan of matches like that. I love Brian Danielson for that reason. Just, uh, you know, he he's always has matches like that, that that look stiff and are hard-hitting and everybody's chest is, is opened up. And, yeah, these guys really brought it. I, I can't describe it any better. Like, if, if you like that smash mouth type of wrestling, you know, you're not going to see a bunch of uh, high flying. You're not going to see a bunch of flip, flippy shit, as Braun Strowman would say. Um, but, I mean, again, this is this is as, as close to MMA, uh, scripted MMA as you can get. It's just two guys just knocking the crap out of each other, and it was just it was just a pleasure to watch, and yeah, uh, the, you know I've seen Sheamus over on and off over the years. Was never the hugest fan of his, but uh, uh, my, my hats off to him, really. Uh, yeah, because yeah, as, as you guys mentioned, uh, Walter slash Gunther is, is, is a beast. Uh, but again, to have a great match, you got you can't carry somebody untalented to a match like that. So Sheamus has got to get his due too, and. Uh, I'd love to see these two have another match, like a last man standing type deal or something like that. I'm hoping that that we see more of it because it was it was great to watch. Yeah. Well, Bob, you had this at number seven on your list. What do you have to say about Gunther versus Sheamus? Well, like you said, uh, you guys both hit on on all the points of it. I mean, the 
I, I expect a great technical, brutal match out of out of Walter, but Sheamus like just took his game to a next level and completely stepped it up and brought it right back. And it was just you know like two two gladiators in the ring just going at it and last man standing, and it was just what made it so much fun to watch. Just the brutality aspect of it, and like you said, the standing ovation at the very end was very very well warranted. Yeah. So we go at number three with 18 points. It is the match between Gunther and Sheamus from WWE Clash at the Castle. All right, let's get to number two on our list, our penultimate pick. This one comes in with 19 points, and it got the 19 points from being number two on my list. And, Bob, this was your match of the year. We are talking about the match between Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay from the G1 Climax, coming in with 19 points. Bob, this was your number one pick. Let's start with you. Tell us about Okada and Osprey again at G1 Climax. Again, they. Um, I, I talked about them earlier at Wrestle Kingdom. And again, I mean, just these two guys together in the ring are just amazing to begin with. But this one gave you, you know, 33 minutes of just awesomeness. Um, you know, it's just... The, the top two guys from New Japan and just so many near falls. Like this was one of the first times I'm like, uh, they were able to bring the crowd back. Cause you remember in Japan, they, they were banning the crowds from being, yeah. you know? Um, so now you got the crowd involved and Japanese crowds are always amazing. So like you could hear just the excitedness that they have and, um, you know, them going crazy for it and so many near falls. And again, these guys like to do, um, a lot of, uh, signature moves and counters and, um, you know, they were pulling out, um, this was the time when Okada was feuding at like starting his feud with, uh, Omega and teasing it. So, um, Osprey busted out the, um, Kenny Omega's finishing moves, the one winged angel and the V trigger. And then, um, Okada hit, uh, the tombstone and the rainmaker on him and Osprey still kicked out. And again, they just kept going at it with near falls and finishers and signature moves until Okada got the victory at the end, but it's just so much fun to watch. Definitely for me, the best match of the year. So uh, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like I said, it was number two on my list. These guys, you know, well, it should have been one Tony. Well, it wasn't, I will tell you what my number one was <laughs> later on. Um, yeah, this one, this was a lot of fun to watch these guys, like you said earlier with their match at Wrestle Kingdom, um, two of the best of the world is getting, getting into it, but this match at the G1 Climax just had a little, little bit more spice to it, man. It just, these guys really went at it, you know, just seeing Osprey kick out of, uh, kick out of the, uh, the Rainmaker, you know, that was, that was nuts. And then. Um, you know, to see Okada avenge the loss, you know, that he had uh, at Wrestle Kingdom and just, you know, he gets his belt back and everything. It's it was just a really great moment. Like you said, having the crowd there added to it. I know the crowd was like really they, they were really strongly suggesting that the crowd not cheer because they're really still paranoid about spreading, you know, COVID. But you know the fact that they were, they were wrestling in front of a crowd and just you had that old new japan feeling back it was great it was great i mean there was only one match in my opinion that topped it this year so yeah there we go um adam 
was not on your list. Anything to add when it comes to Okada versus uh, Osprey at G1 Climax? Uh, I want to watch it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Get get New Japan World, Adam, and you can watch it. Well, you know, you got to lend me some of that money uh, we've been making off this podcast so I can afford to pay for it. It's, it's what, nine bucks a month, Adam? Come on. <laughs> It's not even ten. We're trying to we're trying to purchase the WWE. Oh, it's it's on my uh, it's on. What was that? Oh, that's what we're saving for. I got gotcha. you. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, those two obviously have a tremendous rivalry, and um, I'm sure it's not the last we'll see of the the two of them going. But uh, it sounds like a great match. Uh, again, some guys just just got it. The, that chemistry that's. It's a great uh, example. Yeah. Well, there we go. At number two on our list of matches of the year with 19 points, it is Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay from the G1 Climax. All right. Well, that brings us to our number one pick. But before we get to number one, like we do every week, let's get to our honorable mentions. These are picks, like I said at the beginning of the show, that didn't have enough points to make the top 10, but did get enough points to at least garner a mention. Let's get to number 11 on our list. Our first honorable mention comes in at number 11 with six and a half points, and it got the six and a half points from being an honorable mention on Bob's list. And Adam, you had this at number five on your list. It was the Elite versus United Empire from AEW Dynamite coming in at number 11, our first honorable mention, with six and a half points. Adam, tell us about the Elite versus the United Empire. Well, I had one reason I had this in my top five is just simply because I was there to see it, which made it that much more special. Uh, I hadn't been to a wrestling event in over a decade until uh, I went to that Dynamite. Um, And, of course, uh, you know, We've talked, we sang the praises of Will Ospreay quite a bit on this uh, podcast. So uh, when the stars aligned for the for the trios tournament, uh, I, I was like, oh, please, because you know, you're going to have one of the semifinal matches on Dynamite, one on Rampage, and I think it's the Dynamite. I was just so thrilled when <laughs> I wound up with that match. That was, uh, <clears throat> so I was definitely going, looking, I was looking forward to it anyway, but that was, that was the cherry on on the Sunday, and yeah, just just to watch those guys all work, uh, you know, Aussie Open is a great tag team too. Uh, they're they're a really talented team. Uh, so to, just to see those guys tear it up live, and yeah, going all over the uh, over the now arena, that was so much fun to watch. Uh, they did an angle later on after uh, Dynamite went off the air, uh, where Kenny was thanking the fans for coming and. And all of a sudden, Osprey came back out and attacked him and set up uh, the match that they uh, that they just had at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, just furthered the the feud between the two of them. Uh, so I don't think that was televised, but that was that was awesome to see too. Um, yeah, and just uh, all those guys uber talented, and uh, to see it live was was a real awesome thing. So that's why I had it number five for me. Yeah. Well, at, uh, Bob, you had it as an honorable mention. What do you have to say about this match? I remember being pissed when I saw it because I was like, that should be the finals of the finale of the damn tournament. <laughs> but, true. um, 
Yeah, it was it was great. Like I, I I've known about United Empire for quite some time now, so to finally see them on, on TV like this, you know, like Adam said, Aussie Aussie Open is a fantastic tag team, one of the better ones out there today. So put them all together in the ring, and like you said, you just get magic. So uh, great match. There we go. At number eleven, our first honorable mention. It is the Elite versus Oz, versus United Empire from AEW Dynamite with six and a half points. All right. Let's get to number 12 on our list. Number 12, our second honorable mention, comes in with six points, and it got the six points from being number five on Bob's list. This is the match between the Briscoes and FTR from Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Coming in at number 12, our second honorable mention with six points. Bob, tell us about the match between the Briscoes and FTR from Supercard of Honor. This was out in April. Um, and like you said, it's the uh, the Briscoes had just won the tag team championship. Again, this is great storytelling. Um, you know, they had just won it at uh, Final Battle. And then the lights go out and there's FTR in the ring. And, um, you know, they just go at it. They had, I, I'd sent so many videos of them going back and forth on Twitter to you guys. Just the promos they were cutting was fantastic. And now you finally get these guys in the ring together. I had never ordered a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. That was the first one I ever ordered just because of that match. And it was damn well worth it. Um, and you throw them, throw them in the ring for 30 minutes. And it's just great to have those two like just straight up tag team throwback teams nothing just put together as these guys have been together for such a long time and a lot of action a lot of tension a lot of exhaustion because you're cheering on both teams and just the uh the crowd following along was just amazing too so uh one of the best damn trilogies in tag team wrestling in a long time yeah so there we go at number 12 our second honorable mention the Briscoes versus FTR from Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, coming in with six points. All right, let's get to number 13 on our list. Our third honorable mention comes in with three and a half points, and it got the three and a half points from being number, uh, well, it was an honorable mention on my list, and it was number eight on Bob's list. It is the match between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes from AEW Dynamite. Coming in at number 13 with three and a half points. Bob, you had this at number eight on your list. Tell us about the match between Sammy and Cody from Dynamite. This was a really good match. This was Cody's last AEW match. Um, Beach Break, I believe, is what it was, what it was for. Cause yeah. That's when um, they were going up for the TNT Championship. and um, Just another excellent match. A lot of great spots. Sammy and Cody work really well together. We talked about how, you know, he works really well with Seth Rollins earlier, but those two guys in the ring were just were just great. And the um the spots they had with the ladders, I mean there's one where Sammy just um he like leapfrogs off of one ladder to the other one and nails a diving cutter uh off the top and you know, Cody then nailing the crossroads off the ladder on a separate occasion. Um it was just Non-stop action between these two. And, you know, like I said, uh, Sammy in the end gets uh, the victory. This was before Sammy turned into his heel character that he is now. But those two together in the ring were just a lot of fun. And a uh, great story told by, by Cody. And, you know, for to, it to be his last AEW match, that was a great send-off for him. 
Yeah, I totally agree. This was a an awesome match, a ladder match for the the TNT Championship. Um, yeah, just the spot that that cutter, like you said, that leapfrog cutter that uh, Sammy hits on Cody. That's probably the mat. That's the spot that everybody remembers from this match. But yeah, these guys tore it down. Um, it was just. Like I said, I mean, when 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 the rumors were going around that Cody was leaving, I, I think I said at the time, it's like, hey, if he ends up leaving, then and this is going to be and this is his last match in AEW, that's a hell of a high to go out on. So yeah, um, th- this was definitely one of the matches of the year, and I yeah totally agree. Number thirteen on our list, our third honorable mention, coming in with three and a half points. It is the ladder match for the TNT Championship between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. All right, let's get to number 14 on our list. Our fourth honorable mention comes in with three points, and it got the three points from being numbered 10 on Bob's list, and it was number nine on my list. It is the match between Hijo del Vikingo versus Ray Phoenix from AAA, Triple Mania, coming in at number 14. With three points. Uh, this was just a fucking great luchador match, man. This is like the crowd was all into this shit. You know, I, I, I don't know if any, if you guys know this at home, but um, AAA, they use the six-sided ring. So these guys are just bouncing all over the place. Um, just if you want, like, the epitome of what a luchador match should be, watch this match. These guys are just doing... Planchas and springboards galore in this fucking match. Um, there was this a point, like there was a scary spot at, towards the end of the match, where um both uh, Vikingo and Phoenix are on the top rope, and Vikingo does a um like a, a leaping reverse hurricane rana, but Phoenix doesn't really rotate all the way, so he ends up landing right on Vikingo's back. And really fucks him up. Like the, the ref goes over. He's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Ah, fuck. I don't know if I can." And and the match ends not that not that long after it. So I think Vikingo was really messed up from that spot. But that being said, I mean, these guys just gave it all in this match. This it's you know, it, it was if you like I said, if you want the epitome of what a luchador match should be, the high flying action, everything like that. These guys let it. All out. Watch this match. You can watch. It's on YouTube. Go and watch it. It's uh, El Hijo de Vikingo versus Ray Phoenix. Bob, you had this at number 10 on your list. What do you have to say about it? Like you said, just the uh, nonstop action between these two luchadors were just amazing. The moves that they were doing. Uh, if you remember, there's that one where he's just running down the rampway, Vikingo is, and then he just clears the top rope with a jump, yeah. somersault. Uh, he just does a somersault, like in the. Uh, cannonball dive onto phoenix in the ring just running down the ramp which was amazing um i i saw that uh vikingo is actually going to be here at a wrestling show february 20th at warrior so uh i'm looking at taking the kids to go down there just so i could say i watched this guy live in person um it's just uh definitely exciting yeah, to see him he's, he's one of the, the new up-and-comers yeah, that fuck- you gotta follow and be like damn yeah he's fucking amazing yeah so there you go at number 14, our fourth honorable mention with three points is the match between Hijo del Vikingo versus Ray Phoenix from Triple A, Triple Mania. All right. 
And number 15, our fifth honorable mention, comes in also with three points, but it didn't, the one above it didn't get, uh, that got the, the, the tiebreaker because it was on two of our lists. This one got its three points from being number eight on my list. It is the four-way dance for the All-Atlantic Championship between Pac, Malachi Black, Miro, and Clark Connors from AEW Forbidden Door coming in at number 15 with three points. I fucking love this match. When I said when I when I gave props to Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door, I I really did. That was that was a great match, but I said it wasn't my personal favorite. This was my personal favorite from from a forbidden door. These all four of these guys were great. I didn't know who the fuck Clark Connors was before this match started, but goddamn, the crowd got behind him and he proved he proved me wrong, man. This guy Clark Connors put on a hell of a show for this for this match and you know Malachi Black and Miro, they put in their two they put in everybody put it in. You know, and then Pac eventually comes out on top. He's your inaugural All Atlantic champion from AEW. I mean, this is just wall-to-wall action. You know, you have everything from, you know, the high flyers like Connors and Pac to, you know, kind of like a, a betweener in Malachi Black to an out-and-out bruiser like Miro. It, it just, it, it's just, it's a great match. Like I said, my, my personal favorite from Forbidden Door. I, th- that's, that's why I was so high on my list. That's why I had it at, what what I have it at? I had it at number eight on my list with three points. That's how it comes in at number 15, our last honorable mention, the trip, the all Atlantic fatal four way between Pac, Clark Connors, Malachi Black and Miro. You know, you said you didn't know who Clark Connors was. Who's this Miro guy? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Remember Tomohiro <laughs> Ishii was supposed to be in that match? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, right. And I, was, he... I was upset when he missed out. And then when they replaced him with Clark, Clark Connors, like you said, I was I was upset about that. I was like, man, this is going to suck. And, and no, Clark Connors, he he made his name known that night for people that had never seen him before. And like you said, yeah. he... I just kept looking over at you and saying, man, this guy is just cutting over and over and over and the crowd's behind him and I, at the end of the night, I was just like, well, I, I gave him a standing ovation because it was well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. the crowd was just nuts. Let's go, Clark. Let's go, Clark. <laughs> you guys were. I, I, was, I was still cheering for Malachi. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but, hey, Pac, Pac was a good choice for the, for the champion. So there you go. All right. Well, that brings us to our n- number one, our match of the year. For 2022 and our match of the year comes in with 29 points and it got the 29 points near universal because it was number two on Bob's list and it was number one on both my list and Adam's list. It is the finale of the trilogy between FTR and the Briscoes, the dog collar match from Ring of Honor final battle coming in with 29 points. Adam, let's start with you. This was your number one pick. Tell us about FTR versus the Briscoes for final battle. Uh, Tony, I'm going to hit you with a quote from one of our favorite movies, uh, Point Break. Amazing. Fucking amazing. (laughs) Uh, 
I don't know if I can put it in the words. Uh, I, I managed to catch it a couple weeks ago, and, and my jaw was just scraping the carpet in my living room. I, what, what these guys put themselves through. Um, just uh, the, one of the craziest bumps I've seen in a long time is Mark Briscoe taking that. It was an homage to Mick Foley getting slammed off the turnbuckles onto the floor, but he lands on a stack of freaking chairs. I'm like, holy shit. And uh, again, Punk and, and uh, MGF had a great dog collar match, but these guys really worked uh, being chained up together into an art form, uh, you know, doing diving headbutts with them and the old wrapping the chain around and hitting people with it. And uh, these guys just worked so, so well together. Um, obviously, you know, Bob alluded to uh, with the honorable mentions, they had a trilogy of matches, but uh, uh, this one was brutal. This in terms of the sense of, uh, I would probably wouldn't, uh, you know, let my little kids watch it, but, uh, but, uh, but it just, Again, it was just a, it was a throwback to the old days on one hand, but then it had the athleticism of, of the new school also. It just blended so many things together. Um, and, uh, you know, the FTR won the first two matches because they did the, the first match, and then they did the two out of three falls in the summer. And this was the culmination. It was, it was good to see the Briscoes get the W um, and and all that. Again, the Briscoes to me in Ring of Honor remind me of the Dudley Boys at ECW in the sense that the in the promotion and always gravitate back towards those belts. But uh, to get a team like FTR in there that, that can rival them in terms of, of working together, it's just again um, you know, you got all these years later we talk about Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage, how well they work together. Um, this is another example for me. Um, just it just defied all my expectations. I heard all the hype in it, and I was excited watching it, but it, it, it far exceeded what I was expecting. So that's that was a slam dunk pick for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was same for me after I saw it. I was like, that's match of the year, hands down. And like I said, when we were talking about the passing of Jay Briscoe, um, you know, the that had nothing to do with our placing on, mm-hmm. uh, on these lists because we had these lists in the can and ready to go weeks ago so this was going to be our match of the year regardless um yeah this was just just out and out you know i just love how tag team wrestling is in such a good place right now when it when it comes to like aew and ring of honor you know not so much wwe but um but yeah overall you know tag team wrestling is in a good place and these two tag teams just proved it FTR, of course, my favorite tag team out there, and the Briscoes not far behind. And just to have, like you said, the, the capper for their trilogy to just be this all-out double dog collar match between these two. It would just take no prisoners. Both both teams were beaten and bloodied by the end, but it was a feel-good thing to have the, the Briscoes back at, for their 13th reign as ring of honor tag team champions you know these guys were ring of honor through and through and um you know it, it takes on a really sad undertone now you know weeks later knowing what you know with the passing of jay knowing that this was his you know basically his final match um but you know it's hey you know this this is a legacy kind of match yeah. and to me 
to go out on that note, you know, that's as proud as you can be, I I would think. So, yeah, that's why, you know, the, like I said, had nothing to, his death had nothing to do with my placement. But regardless, this was my match of the year. Uh, Bob, you had this at number two on your list. What do you have to say about the dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes? It was very close between this one and Okada and, and Osprey. Um, but these four men just went out there and they created magic that day. And, you know, like you incorporate the uh, the, the dog collars. I mean, if you remember the finish, you know, Jay wraps the dog collar around Dax's face and, you know, does the, the cross face with it while he's wrapping the wire around him. So, it, um, you know, that's going to leave a long lasting, um, you know, memory in my head as well. So, um Hell of a match, and like I said earlier, just one hell of a trilogy. I mean, that was that was just, they they hit a home run each match. Yeah, yeah, that trilogy was something special. And the capper is our match of the year: FTR versus the Briscoes in the dog collar match from Ring of Honor Final Battle, coming in at number one with twenty nine points. All right, well, there you go. That's our our list, our top ten matches of the year. Uh, like we do every week, let's go back through our list. We'll start at number 10. Coming in at number 10 with seven points, it is the match between Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. At number nine, also with seven points, beginning the tiebreaker, it is the, ma- the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF from AEW Revolution. At number eight, coming in with eight points, it is the trios championship match or the trio's interim championship, whatever you want to say. The first of the best of seven, it turned out to be. The match between the Elite against Death Triangle from AEW Full Gear. At number seven, also with eight points, beginning the tiebreaker, is the match between Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay from AEW Forbidden Door. At number six, coming in with ten and a half points, is the match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch from WrestleMania. At number five, coming in with 12 and a half points, it is the Hell in a Cell match between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins from WWE Hell in a Cell. At number four, coming in with 13 points, it is the Anarchy in the Arena match from AEW Double or Nothing. At number three, coming in with 18 points, it is the match between Gunther and Sheamus from WWE Clash at the Castle. At number two, with 19 points, it is the match between Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay from the G1 Climax. And as we just talked about, our number one match of the year, coming in with 29 points, it is the dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes from Ring of Honor Final Battle. All right, yep, there you go. That's our top 10 matches of the year for 2022. What do you guys think? Is this a fair representation for the matches of the year? Let's start with you, Bob. Yeah, I was uh, I was a bit concerned at first. I thought you guys were going to put Veer and Dominic from Monday Night Raw on there. I thought maybe you'd throw in some uh, <laughs> Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey from Survivor Series. But um, I'm glad you guys held, held out on those and the – I, the mine too. That's why I was worried that you guys might have put it on there. But um, yeah, I, I think all the matches that we put on were a great rep- representation of what uh, 
was one of the better years in professional wrestling, you know, with just action and news and matches was this past year that finished. Um, here's a representation representation of the top 10, which I thought was really good. Yeah. How about you, Adam? Fair representation? Yeah, aside from uh, we, we, we neglected Ric Flair's final match, I guess. We'll... <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm joking. Um, but no, um, yeah, a couple couple you guys mentioned I want to see myself. and uh, But yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, the good, uh, diverse, you know, not all the same. Different styles are all represented, different different companies, a lot of New Japan, a lot of AEW, WWE. So, yeah, I think we we hit the mark uh, pretty good with this one. This is always one of my favorite shows uh, that we do. Just, as again, it, uh, there may be a match or two that uh, that I did get to see that uh, that I want to go back and see. So, yeah. so this is always a fun one for me. That's right. All right. Well, there we go. Our top ten matches of the year. Hope you guys agree with us. Definitely gives you guys some matches to watch uh, if you haven't seen them yet. Speaking of matches to watch, before we leave you like we do every week, let's give you our match of the week picks. These are matches that we give you to watch in the meantime, in between time, before we get back to you next week. Adam, let's start with you. What's your match of the week pick this week? Uh, a couple dynamites ago, uh, there were just three really, really good matches on the card. You had the seventh match for the trios title, uh, Moxley and Hangman, but uh, Tony, uh, I, I think that Takeshita is becoming my version of Tajiri. Uh, oh, yeah? I, I just fucking love that guy. That guy is awesome. The crowd is really responding to him. Uh, he needs a couple W's, but I mean, he, he put him in the ring with a guy like Brian Danielson, and you know Brian Danielson helped make so many careers, but this match really just helped uh, get to catch over the crowd even more. And I hope to see big things out of him in 2023. Uh, it was just a great back and forth match. It had everything. It did technical. There were some high flying moves. The, the again, the element of just pounding the snot out of each other. It was thoroughly enjoyable match. I've been enjoying. Uh, uh, MJF's or Tony Khan, whoever is picking these matches for Danielson on his road to uh, Revolution. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, those three matches were all great, but that one was my favorite that night. So I'll go with that one. Hang me, or, um, Danielson and Takeshita. Well, speaking of that, my match of the week pick this week was also one of MJF's trials, uh, but it was Brian Danielson going up against Bandito. That is that's my yeah. That's my match of the week pick this week. That was a that was a banger fucking match. When I when they announced that that match was happening, I was like, sold. So you know, it's like Jesus Christ. I, I that's what I love about AEW. It's just like on on a week's notice, they just give you, oh hey, we're gonna have you know Brian Danielson <laughs> against Bandito. Shit, okay, <laughs> you know, it's fucking great, man, and. Yeah, I, I love wrestling, and if you love wrestling, you will also love that match between Brian Danielson and Bandito. Uh, Bob, how about you? What's your match of the week pick this week? Both of those are great matches, um, really good. A lot of good matches on AEW, um, but mine goes with regards to what we spoke earlier on at the beginning of the show with regards to the Royal Rumble. Um, 
always look forward to the Royal Rumble, always enjoy the Royal Rumble. And like I said, sometimes they give stuff away. But back in the day in 1992, they did not give it away. They actually had us clenched to our seats knowing that the winner of the Royal Rumble was going to be the vacant WWE champion, uh, heavyweight champion. So there's going to be a new champ at the end of the show. And you got The Undertaker, you got Hogan, you got uh, Savage, you got Piper, and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. So it was just a star-studded cast and uh, one of my favorite Rumbles to watch. And Hogan got booed at that Royal Rumble. Yeah, he did. Nonsense. he did. It does not happen. (laughs) But the Nature Boy did win that title, baby. That's right. Was a tear in his eye. And Bobby Heenan and Mr. Perfect going crazy in the background. Yep. Royal well, Rumble he, 92. Good good stuff. Heenan on commentary, that entire show, uh, uh, that's just an added bonus. He was, yeah. Him and Gorilla Monsoon. God, how I miss listening to those two on a weekly basis. Uh, well, good times. All right. Well, that's the show for this week, folks. We want to hear from you. And there's two ways to do that. You can either email us. Our email address is enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. That's enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Or do what everybody else does. Go on to Facebook, look up Enhancement Talent, and join our Facebook fan page. Uh, We're all admins, so when you click on that join button, we'll approve you. You can get in on the discussions. We do, you know, we post jokes, poll questions, news show suggestions, whatever you want. Whatever you want to talk about in the world of wrestling is fair game on the Enhancement Talent fan page on Facebook. And also, wherever you stream uh, this show, click the subscribe button, join, follow us, whatever. That helps us along as well. Leave us a, re- leave us a review. We all, you know, that, that really helps getting us out there in the, in the realm of the podcasts and letting us be known. So we are, we would really appreciate if you join, follow, subscribe, and give us a rating. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, like I said, that's the end of the show. So for the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kalavik, and for the other half of the amazing Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, I'm Tony Lopez. We will see you guys again next week. Have a safe and fun week. We will talk to you guys again next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Night.